to Fraser's Ridge and Outlander podcast. I'm Tiffany and I'm here with two of my best buds, Katie and Aaron. Hi guys. Hey. Hey Tiff. Hey Aaron. Hello. It's been a while. hundred years later after our quarantine, <laughs> like 900 pounds later. <laughs> I'm so excited to be here with you guys. Same. <laughs> uh yeah i've been looking forward to this very much so all day it feels a little strange like we've done haven't done this in a while but i think it's gonna be really fun i yeah i think it's gonna be great like i you know podcaster family i just spent 1900 dollars by accident to get this going for you guys <laughs> <laughs> long story there well and you're gonna actually lead us through this episode aren't you aaron Yes, I'm taking lead. We have a little bit of different style this season. We're going to try to stream through and focus on the highlights. And I can tell you right now, we will not keep that promise at all. So <laughs> look forward to really long episodes like normal. Yeah, so we've had an interesting premiere. Um, I was saying to the girls here, there's a lot to unpack. A lot of things happened. And so far, so good. Any opening thoughts, you guys? I was super thankful for the recap. I'm not gonna lie. This is what I was gonna say, Katie. Like my first note, this previously on was so great. I needed this recap. It's been so long. It Literally. Was, yeah, it was fantastic. And I still like audibly gasp when Marcely gets punched. Oh, I like no. forgot how brutal yeah. that was. And she it was like so dramatic she gets hit and she like spin falls like I don't mean to like laugh about it because to get hit that hard would be truly horrendous but it's almost (laughs) cartoon like in her like triple right right this season is the episode that we're watching is episode one of season six called echoes we are going to jump right into it here with our first scene which was actually before the theme um, and it is at Ardsmere Prison in 1753. Um, it was a little bit confusing, um, at least for me, because I didn't know what time or when this was, if it was before or after. And then it clicked. This is time in prison. And he is essentially, you know, a prisoner. And then there is, you know, conflict between the Jacobite soldiers that are held captive. There's a power struggle between him and a new character called Uh, Mr. Christie, who, Mm -hmm. you know, eventually we see in the, you know, present but past timeline that they're living in. Um, And essentially this entire opening scene is really to just set up this character and just give a little glimpse into Jamie's time at Ardsmere prison. Yeah, I also super like I know voiceover can be controversial, but I did like at the beginning when Claire was saying, and if time is anything akin to God, I suppose that memory must be the devil. And then that really like hearkened back by the end of this episode to what we're talking about, you know, content wise later on. And also I, when Tom Christie rolled up with those rabbits, I don't know. Did you guys ever read Watership Down? Cause I was just like, no "No fiver. Like, (laughs) <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't know. It was a really good book. You should read it. But that's all I thought of. I was like, no, it's sure. Fiverr and his entire family. Let him go, Christy. Let him go. <laughs> oh. I am I was excited to be back in Scotland. And then I went, oh no, Jamie's hair. <laughs> like, yeah, right. <laughs> I was getting like Mark Hamill in 
Return of the Jedi vibes from Jamie. Yes. Like I just felt like his whole, yeah. whole demeanor was so just like super depressed. And, even though yeah. like, he was like hunched over and like trying to yeah. basically disappear, you know, just yeah. tormented. He had that same vibe after the Battle of Clodden. Clodden, mm-hmm. Clodden, can never say it. Where he was like defeated, like not as bad as Clodden, but he just was like, you know, I don't have my wife with me. Life sucks. Like, just I don't want to die, please. But I'm just like too hot for anyone to let me die. So this is not <laughs> this is not working. And I'm like, la- oh, and by the way, I'm laughing about your comment about his hair because, um, audience members, I'm, my partner is currently watching the old seasons right now. And my hair has been super long and I got a haircut today. And Jamie was in that battle of Clonadin like scene and his hair was freaking crazy. And I looked at him and I was like, that's my hair right now. That's what it looks like. It looks like Jamie's hair like after the war. Yeah, thank God that's off my head. So one scene in particular or highlight I would say about this flashback, um, I think there's two big ones, but one big one was when he was talking to the younger boy, James McCready, in the jail cell. Basically, the main struggle here is the Jacobite prisoners are, like, off the rocker. They're, like, being chaotic. There's cute scenes where they're, like, you know, singing and dancing and sticking their butts in the air and causing all chaos. Um, And basically... Their ability to harmonize, just quickly. (laughs) (laughs) Someone get this Von Trapp family on the road. (laughs) I know, right? I'm like, is this the next Pitch Perfect movie? Like, what is going on? When the musical numbers started, I was a little skeptical. Then quickly, I was all on board. I was like, can we have more, please? Like, I'd like you to go on. They sound great. So good. Sorry. Um, No, it's okay. No, interrupt away. Do it up. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So then we have this scene where he's talking to little, you know, Mr. James McCready in the jail cell after he went and did some bunch of other stuff. Um, But basically the two of them are, you know, reminiscing about their wives or basically trying to remember them. And James McCready's blind and he's saying how he can't remember his wife's face. Um, And then, you know, he says, hey, I heard you lost your wife too. And it was just a really innocent scene um, where he's just kind of, you know, reminded, we're reminded that, you know, Claire is like this angel figure to Jamie, especially when she wasn't present um, for those 15, 20 years. And I guess that kind of goes along with the name of this episode, you know, an echo or a vision that kind of helps him get through is, you know, his wife for him, you know. I loved that scene. It was so like classic JB when he's talking about how he and James have known something that nobody else has known. And if he just calls her to mind, she will come. And I was just like, oh, this is so cute. Like Uh, they just have the best love. I love love. I love love. This is what the show does so well. And um, it just like pulled at my heartstrings and it was so good. And I go into this so cynical and I'm like, yeah, okay, this is going to be so campy. And then I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> it's so good. And it was so nice to have this moment because having just finished book nine, I miss this. Like I miss this feeling and I I don't really get it in the in the book so much anymore and it was so good to come back to that feeling and this is what Outlander is for me and it's it's my favorite part. So um I just like loved 
all of the feelings that this made yeah. me feel. <laughs> and then they followed so up good. with killing the character. <laughs> classic, oh my God. classic Outlander. Class, right? Classic Outlander themes here. We're gonna keep them, bring them high, and then drop them low. So that brings us to you know next little scene at Ardsmere, where again there's a big fight that breaks out. Um, you know James McCready ends up dying. Jamie jumps in. He um, kind of stops everything from happening. And then you know I actually didn't catch this even in my. Um, second watch I was Jamie actually the one who put the fabric on the body he wasn't no that no. was the man who's having like the break from reality and thinks he's like the Bonnie Prince Charlie I forget yes. what okay. what is his name like say I can't remember his name yeah, he um, but crazy. yeah he put the fabric on his body and so Jamie was trying to like take the burden off of him he didn't want that man to be whipped so it really forces Jamie even though he's trying to hunch his shoulders and hide away it forces him to become to enter into that leadership role that he was trying to avoid um because you know the men can't help but respect that most of them except for Tom Christie right right (laughs) and (laughs) um and then of course Jamie gets taken he takes the blame. He like says, you know, steps up. He's like, yes, it was me. Um, Cause obviously they're all looking up to him, you know, already. And then he decides to take the lashings, you know, takes the punishment. Um, and I think this is the second big highlighted, you know, scene in this Ardsmere scene in general, where Jamie pretty much just mans up and takes all these lashings like a pro and it's like, he's unfazed. I mean, he's literally unfazed. Yeah. Um, Not a whimper. Not a whimper. Is Mm -hmm. interesting in comparison to later, but yeah, he does not let out a single whimper. Um, we got some foreshadowing, and then he sees Claire. Claire's his angel, his guiding light that like he kind of just you know zones out and like sees her. It was a good scene. It was like kind of a badass scene. I felt like when Claire was uh, like coming down the hallway towards him, I was like, she looks like Galadriel from the Lord of the Rings. Like I was getting (laughs) elven energy from her. (laughs) She definitely looked otherworldly for sure. Pretty much everybody else in the room is just like, Jamie is badass. And then he like walks by Mr. Christie and Mr. Christie's like, that wasn't justice. Yeah. And then it was just this like super awkward moment. And it's like, okay, like this guy sucks. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> like, Jamie was like, wasn't it? And it's like, they just, they are polar opposites. They have very different views on right and wrong. Right. Like yep. we're um, with Jamie. <laughs> yes. We're with Jamie. He, he can take a lashing. I just want to give a shout out to my pre John Gray um, warden because mm-hmm. he really like stole the scene for me when he's meeting, <laughs> like when he brings Christy and Jamie together and like trying to be like, I don't want problems. Can we just like make this nice and easy for me? And he has this yep. quote where he's like I'm above dealing with madmen and prisoners (laughs) (laughs) haven't we all felt that like right right (laughs) I was just like I love how snooty you are and thank you (laughs) you know I loved it 
I feel like it actually is setting a tone for like the red coats this season where they're just like they're just chill for some reason like what the heck they're just like <laughs> we're over this like come on <laughs> it was very British but in like the worst way right it was just yep, like yep. but I'm British I don't want to deal with this yeah <laughs> <So> yep yep <laughs> just this like I, sense of entitlement was great I also think it's important to just make the note of how he made Jamie a Mason because that's mm-hmm. going to yes. come into play that's in great. the future as well. It's like a big thing. So, you know, he observed the little handshake between Christy, who obviously is already Mason. Jamie used that to negotiate like this position of power, saying that if he could be made a Freemason, he will like quell all the disturbances at Ardsmere which he does yeah and it's it's something that can bring them all together regardless Mm -hmm. of their religion so i mean jamie this is a smart jamie moment he like gets people and sees this this. is like yes exactly like this is another i felt like this episode was full of jamie being like peak jamie making wise choices Mm -hmm. um and Mm -hmm. understanding people's motivations and, and um this was a great example of that um and not to mention I, I, I'm pretty sure we never saw, we knew he was a Freemason, but we never saw the initial start of that. Cause like, I just, again, watched season three and the Freemason symbol was on his printing press sign. And like, mm-hmm. so they're like hints at it. Um, so it was like kind of cool to see maybe like the root of that a little bit and like where it started. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Good catch, uh, Aaron. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. <laughs> okay, so jumping forward here, we are heading to the present past. I keep saying present past <laughs> because it's not exactly the present and it's not exactly the past. But anyhow, so it is 1773 in North Carolina. We got some bald eagles and beautiful the landscapes. Eagle. The, the eagle. Yes, is the that eagle. not hilarious? Like yep, yep. I saw the eagle and I was like, we talked about a bald eagle in our planning <laughs> meeting, and here it is. Yep, <laughs> yep, Tiff loves yep. an eagle. <laughs> we all love an eagle. Um, and then they have they have Mr. Christie like walking to Fraser's Ridge, like on his way. So it was a, it was an instant realization of like why they did the flashback. Okay, like I mean, aside from like the other things, but like okay, right now he's in the present coming into Fraser's Ridge, and then that's when we actually officially jump into the intro song, okay? Yeah. Um, and to our surprise, we have a male vocalist for the intro uh, this season with the OG vocalist as well, too. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you guys feel about it? I just, like, the original song has a special so place with me so in my heart. So I would be happy if that was just used every season. I get what they're doing though. And I was fine with it. I liked at the end when he was speaking in the Gaelic, I think um, in the final verse, I thought that was really good. But yeah, when he sang the new, when he sang, I was like, okay, male voice. And then he sang from a male perspective saying a lad that is gone. And I was like, Who's gone? We're not talking about Claire anymore. Who's going to be gone? What about you, Katie? Yeah, I was, I was excited to hear it was a duet. Not my favorite, but the actual clips and stuff that they put into the little intro, I, I loved, it was really cool to see Mm -hmm. the homestead on the ridge growing and all the like cool stuff they're doing. And it's like, 
enjoy your moment of zen guys and i have to say i felt like seeing Ardsmuir for so long which is in a beautiful location but it's like you know cold and stone and wet and there's rats and then seeing the ridge it just made the ridge feel like so homey and so cozy and I don't know I just want to go hang out in the big house for a while by a roaring fire it kind of like makes you accept the fact that they're back in time and they gave up like future technology and simplicities and you're like damn the past is homey (laughs) like this place is great like (laughs) Yeah. yeah they do such a great job of making this feel like home and dare I say a safe space and just like I was watching and I was like can we Airbnb Fraser's Ridge? Like, <laughs> right? Oh my god. Anyway, so we are now officially at Fraser's Ridge, and it's a cool opening scene of life at the Ridge, and it has you know Lizzie and I'm gonna say the Josiahs, if that's cool with you guys. Like, I'm not even gonna remember the, the other twins name. Wait, are they the Beardsley twins? Is that their last name? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then Lizzie's the actual beard. To one of them right i think um anyways we have the josiahs we have lizzie uh we have young Just ian wait, Aaron. <laughs> i like, can't wait. wait you guys have been building this up for so long and i'm just like she's going down it's hopping okay it's hopping mm-hmm. at the ridge uh jamie comes in to find claire passed out and he's like freaking worried as hell he's like oh my god like he's just stressed and let me tell you she looked dead i was just oh yeah i'm like i haven't read the books are they killing her off right now like is this gonna happen um but no she just wakes up they made her look so like house frown like she's like like you can't see her hair she looks really old here right (laughs) but they did it i mean i'm sure it was all for the scene but also i have to say they before we see jamie come in we we close up on the hourglass and all i heard in my head was and like sands through the hourglass <laughs> so are the days of our lives yeah right oh my god <laughs> all i heard <laughs> you know i totally feel you on claire though this season and like her appearance and like even a little bit later like she looks great and like she's totally claire but she has like like crazy checkout bag lady at the grocery store vibes you know like (laughs) I don't know what it is like (laughs) yeah I mean I don't know if some of that's intentional where it's like having gone through this this horrific experience of being raped she's trying to hide herself I I don't know if it's that thoughtful or if they're just trying to age her um because I did have a moment in the scene where I was like, wait, how old are we now that we're worried mm-hmm. about people just passing away in their sleep that he's this <laughs> freaked out. That's true. That's and true. So I did, I did look it up and I think Claire is in her like early fifties, like 53 now yep, yep. and, and Jamie's around 50 somewhere. Okay. Yep. Yep. Um, just for reference. Sure. So not that um, old that we're like talking dying in your sleep, but right, right, <laughs> right. Well, I don't know for seventeen seventy whatever. Like maybe that's, it is. That's true. That's right. They're like ARP level level in the uh, <laughs> in the seventeen hundreds ARP here. Um. Okay. So, anyways, Jamie comes in and then Claire wakes up and she does her classic Jesus H Roosevelt Christ 
Jamie, oh my God, freaks out, does her classic little line there. And he's, you know, oh no, like you, I thought you were dead, yada, yada, yada. Basically, it's a cute little scene and it all leads to us finding out about her current project, Making Ether. And her loving to sniff it, <laughs> which we'll find out later. <laughs> okay, before we get into either part two, this yeah. felt right for me. Yeah. Where like Claire would totally use herself as a guinea pig to yep. make she sure wouldn't want to harm anybody else. Like, cause she knows it's dangerous right. and the dosing is sketchy. And like, so she would, I totally agree. Like she would guinea pig on herself, not wanting to test it on anybody else, like, and accidentally hurt them. Yeah. Like in the name of science, that's like mm-hmm. totally her mindset to me. So this, I, that's how I took this at this moment in time. I, I don't know. I My first watch. I, <laughs> first, yeah. Yes. And when I saw the title card was her making ether, I was like, yes, because yeah, this is yeah. like a big moment in the books. Like she's working hard on this so that True. she can be more successful in her surgery practice. I don't know. I think she's a little irresponsible testing it out on herself because here we have Jamie who's clearly scared shitless if she dies. I mean, she's an integral part of Fraser's Ridge and she knows it. Mm-hmm. Um, and she even later on talks about how she has these gifts that she wants to give and Brianna should use them. True. So I do think that she is a little, I think she's just a little stupid using it on herself personally. Like, mm-hmm. like don't fuck with chemicals and inhale them like in the <laughs> 1700s. Like, come on, like what you read this in a book and you're gonna, I'm, I'm not gonna go out there and be doing easy bake oven experiments and inhaling <laughs> weird ass solvents like- <laughs> No, I'm sorry. Like, I'm good. <laughs> this was not a smart idea, but it was it was passable to me as something she would do to help further science and her medical practice. Yeah, true, because true. that yeah. drives her like that. She doesn't always make smart choices. It's true. You know, know. she does it. So I can see it being believable from that angle as well. But yeah, I'm with you, Erin. If she had done that, like tested it on herself in the books or something, I would be screaming at the pages like, don't do it, Claire. You're too valuable. So I'm with you. And even not to get like meta here, but like just like the word ether and like, you know, of like these like kind of parallels between like the afterlife and the in-between and this place, they kind of even touch up on it a little bit. Um, and death and like her kind of experimenting with it and like touching it a bit and then the actual death they've experienced and people that have died I think there's just a lot of you know metaphors and angles and so there's a lot here to unpack like I said you know Um, or she could just be experimenting with ether and having an absolute blast for all we know who knows um Okay, so actually, real quick, we have a couple little scenes, and I promise I wouldn't go into any of them, but, you know, we see Roger and Brianna for the first time in Fraser's Ridge. Can I Ridge. just say, Brianna comes in with her Amazon Prime packages. <laughs> She's, like, overladen. <laughs> like, just went wild. <laughs> She's, like, living the life. She's super happy, yeah. I feel like. Roger's looking real good. Like, I think this is the mm-hmm. first time I was like, okay, Roger. All right, yeah, Roger, we're doing it. Yeah. He does. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then they're, like, the tea or coffee. Right Yep, yep. It was cute. It was just nice. Again, I think I said this before. It was nice seeing all the characters together home. Like there's like kind of no central conflict in their family right now. And it's nice. It's like they're just Mm -hmm. living 
and enjoying and have really settled into their roles here at Fraser's Ridge. Let's see. Okay, we got Jamie putting kids in the wagon. Yeah. Um, which was kind of a cute scene. I've totally forgotten whose kids are whose at this point. I just know I think Gemma's in there somewhere. I think all three are Marsleys. It's Felicity, Joan, and Jermaine in the okay. wagon, which are kind of like his grandchildren anyway since he's like stepdad to Marsley and like surrogate dad to Fergus yep, so it yep. was a cute little like grandpa taking the kids out scene yep. so now we have an important scene with Marsley and Claire mm-hmm. and this is kind of like a big introduction to I think a huge struggle that Fergus is going to be having all season but basically, you know, Claire's doing a quick prego check on Marsley, um, making sure she's okay. <laughs> like, check. I love it. Doing, doing a prego check. She's, you know, hey girl, what's going on? How you feeling? You eating good? Bowel move is good. Like everything good. Oh my God, what's this bruise on your arm? And she makes up some dumb excuse, like yada, 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 house chores, et cetera. And then they're just like, Fergus should be helping you out. I think we all kind of like suspect, you know, kind of maybe what's going on, but you know, it's a little like surprising. Um, I mean, any feelings? Yeah, I'm really mad about this bruise, but I I will be, I have more to say later. <laughs> okay, bruise. so more to say later. Yeah, I yes. forget lots well, of feelings. Lots yeah. of feelings. Okay, like apparently there's more that that, you know, fake hand can do and I, I just didn't realize <laughs> it. Let's see here. Next, okay, Mr. Christie officially arrives. And this is like the most awkward arrival that I've ever seen done. <laughs> it's just, just like he is an awkward duck, Tom Christie. Like he's just an awkward duck. Yeah. He's but like a I lost love grandfather. Him for it. <laughs> yeah. Like I what's the what's the color light for like a missing elderly person? Like if like the the uh, the senior citizen amber alert was like going off somewhere. He's like <laughs> strolling around Fraser's Ridge, like, can we live? Here, like, knocking on doors <laughs> knocking on doors being mad kind of sus here he you know knocks on the door he's looking for jamie roger comes out and basically greets him and is like yeah well first off christy's like hey who are you and then roger's like no who are you bro okay this is yeah like <laughs> like uh okay sorry anyhow uh roger's super cute invites him in he meets brianna brianna makes some food um really cute exchange but still like kind of ominous um the audience kind of knows a little more than they know but we really don't know that much you know they welcome in and then jamie shows up we find out that you know tom christie wants to pretty much move into fraser's ridge he has the little letter saying he's from Ardsmere. Mm-hmm. you know then he goes on to basically say that he's there with his daughter and his son and uh the bishops and he was a school working under a schoolmaster so we kind of mm-hmm. learn a lot about him um and then jamie arrives with claire and he meets her and i'm saying way more storyline than i should be um but a lot happens in this scene i have to say a couple things that i want to highlight are that when roger and and tom are chit-chatting and he say roger's talking about how his dad was a protestant minister christy's eyes like light up this actor is so good he he's like geeking out he's like oh bro i'm not a catholic like let me tell you i am a protestant (laughs) as well also i thought it was 
a good scene for Roger because it really showed he is pretty charming and he does a good job of making friends with people on the ridge who maybe are at loggerheads with Claire and Jamie throughout the book. So like this was a good example of Roger using his kind of charm and conversational skills to, you know, start mending bridges and making friends. I liked it. Totally agree. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I actually took a note that I was like, wow, we're 30 minutes in and Roger hasn't irritated me to no end yet. (laughs) So I think Roger's presenting really well this episode and Mm -hmm. I hope we can maintain that (laughs) through the season. Um, And I, I felt for Roger here because I feel like, you know, he in Jamie's absence was like, of course you're welcome. Like he would have Mm -hmm. no idea about any of the history here also quick point to sam hewan's eye acting in this scene was on point because he was like he was like shifty eye to roger like oh you did okay uh and like giant (laughs) scared kind of eyes like what the f am i gonna do with this back at tom christie it was so good yeah they really kept it like kind of mysterious on like how Jamie's gonna react like you really don't know yeah. like is he gonna be like pissed is he gonna be like what is he doing here like no you like kept it super chill you know mm-hmm. it was a good scene totally agree so I find it interesting how much Brianna has taken on kind of this like housewife role with Roger and she's like happy but she's like in essence the person she tried so hard to not be when she was in the mm. present time You know, Mm -hmm. she like, you know, didn't want to be like kind of locked down. And like, I I just think that she kind of did like a full 360. Oh, no, wait, is that back to like where you start? She did a full 180. 180. She did a full 180, (laughs) but she's like, she's happy and she's like living. And like, I really think maybe we all just need to go to the past. I think that's the best way to find true happiness. No, I don't know. It was just a cool. It was a, it's just neat to see her and these characters like, you know, happy and enjoying themselves. Mm-hmm. And she's cooking food. I'm going to make you food. Like, I love this scene. I thought this was great. So yeah, Brianna and Roger have, have good energy this episode and they seem mm-hmm. like really together, like united, like in a good place, which was good to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're like supporting. They're really strong supporting characters now like they're Mm -hmm. not weak like you notice later on like Roger and Brianna accompany them places accompany Jamie places Mm -hmm. like they're really kind of stepping up to the community and you know it's cool it's neat and I'm enjoying this dynamic because I think we're in a place Mm -hmm. that we all really kind of wanted to see the show go especially when they were like traveling through time and like all the you know pre-stuff to all of this you know they're kind of in this place again Okay, so next scene here, which actually kind of continues on with, you know, how cute Brianna is. It's a scene in their little lab kitchen with her mom. You know, they're talking, um, you know, connecting. That kitchen, by the way, is like so absolutely crazy. It's like, it reminds me of like the old like Disney, like Merlin, like sort like Sword in the Stone. like. Like episode where like they go into like someone's house, but there's like stuff everywhere, like potions and like I don't know. Fantasia. It just has that vibe or Fantasia, and like there's just so much going on, and I'm just like, oh Claire, living for you, you're awesome. Um, <laughs> but we have we have a sweet moment where basically 
you know, Claire's asking her mom about like her trauma getting, you know, raped by those guys and her PTSD and her mom, Claire saying, you know, she's okay. She's fine. And Brianna saying, you know, she can relate, you know, she, you know, sometimes you're saying you're fine. You're not actually fine. Um, I no, thought this Claire's was a pretty, <laughs> yeah. yeah, she's good. Sorry. She's good. You know, she just needs to take ether to sleep, but that's all, you know, <laughs> I know I was like, Oh, Brie. Cause she was, you know, pressing her a little bit, which I liked. She's like, I hope you didn't lose your heart and your spirit. And Claire's like, I'm good girl. And then Bri Brianna's like, you know, I really hope you're taking care of yourself. And Claire kind of brushes it off again. But I was like, yeah, Brie, like keep pushing her, like keep checking in. Like you do, you're doing yep. good. Yep, yep. This scene made me mad at Claire, the queen of compartmentalization. <laughs> <laughs> I know it is kind of like let your butter in a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I mean, this is this is a big how brave of Brianna mm -hmm. to even mm -hmm. like approach her mom about this and be so open and be like, I get it and I'm here for you. And Claire's like, I'm good. Yep. Mm -hmm. yep. Let's move on. And it's just like, <laughs> oh, Claire. <laughs> oh, Claire. So then we have a scene where uh, basically her mom, Claire, kind of deflects a little bit. I mean, doesn't, doesn't, yeah. but it is like, so hey how is the engineering coming Brie like you know you got some cool ideas and inventions like when are we gonna see them when you're gonna bust them out like are you starting like a kickstarter on any of these like I think the people <laughs> of Bridges Ridge will all pitch in like who knows um but anyhow so basically like Brianna's like worried that people aren't gonna like like them and be afraid of them I personally am like you two pumped me up for Rihanna because you were like in the book, she was like so smart and did engineering. And mm -hmm. like, you know, the, the Brianna that you guys conveyed to me is what I've been waiting to see in the show. But I just keep laughing because she's not doing anything. <laughs> like, like she was better at like cooking dinner for like Mr. Christie or you know food. Where I'm like, girl, like bust out a rudimentary laid some here. Like, come on, let's go. Like, do something cool. Like, yeah, get it going. I think Claire's really pushy here because she just wants like a toilet inside of her house. She's like tired. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I, I'm with you, Erin. I can't wait to see Brie flex a little bit, but I, I also get, you know, her reasoning. She's afraid. Like she doesn't want what happened to her mom to happen to her. She doesn't want to like push those traditional boundaries of this time. Um, so she's a little wary, but hopefully she'll get around to showing us some cool engineering in the future. Yeah. I wanted to like whip out a slingshot and like take down an army or something like <laughs> some like a like go go a inspector bison. gadget or like something <laughs> like <laughs> like it's just her she's got to save Fraser's Ridge she's pulling like a Home Alone or something like real crazy. <laughs> okay, so now we officially meet the rest of Tom Christie's crew. Okay, these uh, you know God loving um, cute people here. We get to you know meet his. Uh, kids alan and malvi or malby or malva really yet malba mm -hmm. yes oh, oh we'll just call her peach melba for the rest of this um <laughs> melba <laughs> melba <laughs> um <laughs> but this scene was this scene was cool because you know 
basically the Fraser's Ridge crew comes in to meet them and you got Claire all ready to do some, you know, EMT work and like, you know, help out. And, and again, I've been watching all the other seasons. So every time I see her bust out her, like, you know, doctor skills, I am cracking mm-hmm. up on the inside because it's like, it's almost over the top on her character at this point. She's just so cartoon character with it. Like, where are your ailments? Who's sick? Get- like, what can I do? Like, <laughs> I've got this. Like, she doesn't even like talk first and say hello. I she know. just gets right in there, you know, like finds the I sick. I felt dude. that too. In this scene specifically, I felt that. I was like, whoa, okay. Like, how about nice to meet you? Like, yep, she's yep, like, take yep. me to your injured. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh man I want to know does she do you think she still wears her like her pocket dress she made like is she still like rocking that thing it was it, oh, it is right or good isn't it? question you know I... with all the like cool little holes or like special mm-hmm. pockets and stuff um which I just watched that scene again and it was like so cute it had like a cool soundtrack she was like on her sewing machine and like <laughs> you know doing making all the pockets and getting ready and then they did a little montage and like it, it was cool the show is good. I love the show. Obviously, we're podcasting it. Okay, anyways, <laughs> any other thoughts about their meetup here? Let's see. see. I don't know, just excited to meet Malva and Alan and, um, you know, the little convo that they had where Alan kind of jumps in and is like, you know, saying how it's so great to meet like such an old friend of his dad. And again, Jamie's mm, face yep. is like, friends? <laughs> sure. All right. I'll roll yeah. with it frenemies yeah. for sure mm-hmm. there's definitely a few mi- moments where you're wondering what christy has like shared with people because even yeah. in his meeting with roger and now you're hearing his kids take on things and you're like huh i wonder how you presented this what is tom like not only how he presented it but what's tom's perspective on the issue because maybe he's just like from his perspective, like, yeah, we, we challenge each other, but we're friends. Like we're cool. Well, like he might I, think that things are all right. So I gather from this episode, um, future things and things that have happened. And even the next scene that Tom Christie is like, just a very pious man. And I think he mm-hmm. thinks that Jamie was more of a villain and like a crook and a criminal in the eyes of God. Like, and I think mm-hmm. he, judges him heavily on that and I think maybe one of you said it before when they were doing the lashings at Ardsmere he saw all those scars on his back and assumed they were for like valid criminal reasons Mm -hmm. and we all know the whole story of all his lashings and like how ridiculous a lot of them were so I think that you know Christy is really like your fire and brimstone type you know reverend or whatever here who's just just hates Jamie because I think he just doesn't really truly know Jamie's soul yet so like maybe we'll maybe he'll find find that out um and that actually is kind of the beginning of the next scene with Claire and Jamie where they're just kind of talking about Christy Mm -hmm. and like who he is in this season and you know she even says like hey do you think we should even have him in the ridge you know with everything going Mm -hmm. on you know which is a good talk but Jamie still stayed positive he still was okay with it yeah, valid concern, Claire. Um, but Jamie seems to think like it's it's going to be okay. I think he's still feeling things out. And I think that he also feels strongly this is his land and he just has to get Tom to respect that and his place as essentially yeah. a, a laird of this 
land. Well, now we are officially at our first sex scene of the season. (laughs) And I need to I need to put the quote in here where basically Jamie is talking about Arid's mirror and flashing back to seeing her all the time and how you know she's his angel. And then he's like, I think you're an angel. And then she was like, can an angel do this? Oh my God. And then I was like, what is she going to (laughs) do? She like touches his lips and down his body and like slowly works it up. And, you know, and I was saying this earlier before we started podcasting, it was like this slow motion, romantic crescendo of a sex scene with the music building and breathing and passion and it was just i could like an herbal essence like commercial slowed down and it was so then there the music in this episode the scoring is really loud to me Mm -hmm. like i don't know it is it it just felt like its own character and it was like very heavy romance trauma in the scene and <laughs> yeah yeah I like they oh, are just such beautiful people that it's like they it's are. gonna be hot regardless <laughs> like they're just so pretty yeah um, yep. but I was wondering I was like you know Bridgerton was this huge right happening in the last couple of years and I wonder yeah. if you know, they felt any pressure to change how they portray these intimate moments in in Outlander or if that had zero bearing and they're like, this is how we do things. And now maybe we as the audience having been exposed to other period pieces with like this kind of a, a scene in it. Content. Now, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, maybe, you know, it's just different. And do we have preferences? I don't know. But yeah, yeah it I was mean, very... like you were saying, Aaron, it's from rewatching, it's very much the same kind of pattern as the other episodes yep. and seasons. Yep. Yeah. And actually, it's funny because, you know, Katie, when you just said this now, like I just had this, it just made me think because she was, she did just experience a terrible, you know, thing that happened to her. Okay. Um, and she actually is reacting to it. I mean, we're seeing flashbacks, okay? We find out later she's having trouble coping with it. She's being a little um, hesitant to open up. Um, But now, again, like we just said, I've been watching the past seasons and this sex scene was so on brand for the other ones in other episodes and past episodes. I mean, truly very, very similar in you know, how intimate they are, but even the formatting of the scenes, I, in a couple past episodes I watched, every time they got to the climax again, the music came in <laughs> so strong. And actually this sex scene, I thought they weren't going to do it because they had such a long buildup to mm-hmm. them getting to it that I'm like, oh, okay. They're just doing like, you know, kind of a quickie here, <laughs> but not, <laughs> it was just I maybe thought- five minutes before they got to it. And then boom, crescendo, and then it's on. Um. I thought they were going to pan away, like, tactfully for a second. And I was like, oh, okay, we're going to pan. They don't do that in this show. No, then they didn't. And I was like, (laughs) Yep, yep, yep. But so, okay, so then that's where I kind of go to my earlier thought. Is their romance, A, so 
amazing that she can still have this like absolutely like to the T canon sex life with Jamie or was it just not actually true to like the truth of you know sexual intimacy after like an event like that that happened to her maybe I'm like getting a little too deep into this right now you know Brianna she had some trouble I think at first right like she seriously had trouble with that you know or maybe again like you guys said it's just you know um, again Claire compartmentalizing and able to do that um, so it's a little bit actually kind of a confusing scene you know with everything mm-hmm. we know about her from the past you know and her trauma so but I enjoyed it <laughs> it was good yeah <laughs> I mean I just to quickly comment on what you just said Aaron and I think Tiff you do a better job of explaining this than I'm going to um but like this scene feels real to them as a couple to me Mm -hmm. and I think what happens at the end of this episode in terms of her coping with her trauma is wrongly negating the healing that's happening in this scene. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I, okay, okay. I, so I, but we can talk about that when we get to it. Um, yeah. Sure, sure. <laughs> but, but yeah, like I, I think those are all really valid questions, Aaron, after you watch the episode as a whole, because the two things don't balance like it doesn't make sense to have both events in the same episode yep yep totally I mean they they were having and I had it written in here she was having those uh rape flashbacks earlier in the episode before these scenes too so you know she there is something going on internally with her and 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 I know we're going to learn more about it even in you know future episodes okay so to continuing on um we have a quick short scene next and it's just with um, Claire in her, you know, little lab here and Peach Melba comes in and <laughs> <laughs> she's like, you know, kind of creeping in on uh, Claire there, but Claire doesn't realize it's her. She thinks it's Brianna mm-hmm. and she's mumbling all these science terms and, you know, who the heck knows what she was even saying. And uh, Peach Melba was like, um, what do you need all this stuff for? Like asking her all these questions and like, she's confused. And it was actually kind of a cute scene because Claire was trying to like, cover up the mystery but you actually see peach melba is a little more brilliant than we you know i think she actually is and i think the what, what were their names the smiths or the the bishops i think the bishops are going to be an interesting Chris- group well there's the christies and then the they christies. keep referring to their She's group a- as the bishops which is kind of weird huh? maybe i'm wrong you didn't notice that aren't they no? like the fisher people like yeah. don't they keep calling them fishermen yeah like they Oh, really? I thought they were calling the bishops. <laughs> They're like, go see the bishops or Ooh, I don't know, we'll find out. I They're that. all priests. Oh my god, was it going see the bishop? Like maybe he's the I don't know. Audience <laughs> no. members on your screen, you'll see three voting options. Just kidding. No, no, no. <laughs> But Malva is really curious, right? She's really curious about science and what Claire yep. is doing. Uh, what do you think about just, I don't know, from a non-book reader perspective, Erin, what are you guys, is like your take on Malva at this point? I'm like, I want her to be like, almost like on a fun, lovable Marsley level. Like I am mm-hmm. hoping she becomes like that kind of character where you're like, okay, like another awesome woman in this show that's like fun and like adds her one thing. But I also feel like 
she could be an easily tipping character like she could become an enemy character or something like Mm -hmm. pisses her off and goes wrong and she would be like a terrible adversary or if like Mm -hmm. something goes wrong with christy she's actually the one we have to watch out for because she's not just intelligent you know she's got these clearly has you know religious convictions behind her too so i'm excited to see her unfold a bit you know i mean i love i love the cool female characters in this show and really any show like the femme fatales like all together so i look forward to her character and like seeing you know seeing more of hers not her brother (laughs) Uh, yeah i can do without him he's okay i like this actress a lot i think she's doing a great job with the character so yeah i'm very i'm invested is there any hints of like what's to come from what you guys know like i don't want to say anything don't want to say anything you had some great analysis yeah aaron and um i i do i think you get these great glimpses of how um likable she is and like how she could fit into this like world where where they that they've created here and then she has a small crazy moment at the end where she's like what are you burning (laughs) yeah yeah you know what yeah crazy factor (laughs) yeah a little bit of crazy guys like let's burn it all down and like i know a lot about greek and latin but especially lucifer like (laughs) right like she definitely has that like nancy from the craft vibe like thrown in there too like a little bit nuts like we bind you peach melba like okay (laughs) yeah i do <laughs> I do like her though. She is very likable, you know. She and is. I like that she's like you said, she's curious and really smart and she wants to learn. So mm-hmm. oh, I was just gonna say, and in the books, you're not getting this in the show, but in the books, Claire at this moment in time is really yearning for someone to pass mm-hmm. her knowledge on to. And she's because like wrecking. Yeah. Right. Yep. She's she's yep. realizing it's not gonna be Brie. Brie is not a healer. Mm-mm. And she's just like, I have so much to share. And and what happens when I'm gone? Like who's gonna take care of these people? Yep. And she's looking yep. for that. And this girl walks in who has some understanding of Latin and they have this phosphorus does yeah yep yeah yeah yeah. so and jamie jamie and claire and i've actually noticed again watching the last you know the other seasons they're real emo couple (laughs) like they are constantly like we're not going to be here forever and like they're very very like aware of like obviously time and that she's a time traveler but you know their life after they're gone and i think you yeah i think you're right katie like she almost wants to just spread her like web of healers and just like change the world and stop war and teach and educate and you know it's cool i hope it goes in that direction. i hope it goes in a positive direction but i mean for all we know she could be clubbed next scene i don't even know <laughs> next episode we don't know when the this show comes back Buffalo comes back <laughs> yes highland cow return cow returns to murder um yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh lord oh anyhow okay. so the next scene is kind of important and actually i think it's a cute scene but it's with jamie um and the red coat leader major mcdonald and they you know what they did a total like 
revamp on major mcdonald's because like even in the flashback scene jamie's just like i'm done like throws his coat on the floor like bitches out you know major mcdonald at the end of last season and you think there's going to be tension there but like this whole scene um where major mcdonald like is basically getting him uh to become the indian agent um of peace and justice or whatever it's a really cute scene because he's like really nice to jamie they're really sweet with each other there's no tension um he's like listen we like need you to do this job it's for like the overall welfare of everybody at fraser's ridge it would be really i really want you um and then jamie's like hey you know you could stay the night we got the guest room like he'll come <laughs> kick you with us later you know um <laughs> <laughs> and he's like no i gotta go see the stupid browns you know i gotta go pay a visit to them idiots and then but i'll be back you get ready keep the uh stove warm or whatever cute scene i hope it stays cute that's like my only wish <laughs> <laughs> like i don't know like we'll see what happens but um i don't know if either of you want to add on to that <laughs> no that was a great like summary of what happened i like <laughs> major mcdonald i like that he tried you know he's just trying a couple little different tactics here he's like well you know governor tryon said you could defer your taxes but this yep, new governor yep. martin i don't know if he's about to do that you know jamie's like well i'll pay my fair share <laughs> <laughs> he's like and, i got uh, money <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's good. like look at this place yep, um yep. so he you know he's trying to motivate Jamie to take on this role but Jamie's still staying pretty firm at this point you know he wants a peaceful life for him and Claire he wants to stay away from the red coats because he knows that he's going to have to switch sides at some point soon so he's trying to keep a little bit of distance there um so he's staying strong in his conviction to not take on that role so to make a confession before we move on this is like the politics of this and keeping the red coat people and the different lieutenants and colonels and whatever's like straight moving here forward is like nothing I care about. (laughs) (laughs) Same. Same. No, like legit. um, Aaron, you said he was in the flashback and I was like, what? (laughs) I did not remember that at all. So I, I'm like admitting this now, like I am going to be so bad about keeping track of all of these people. And from a historical standpoint, I am yeah, like How I'm not you your girl for the historical <laughs> no. battle. No, no. Part of this, I'm, so. you know what? I'm on the same page. I'm like over them. Like, you know, even at Ardsmere, I'm just like, I'm. I literally mentally was like, last night first view, I was like, I will get this on the second view. <laughs> 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 like done. And I'm like, oh, okay, wait, we out of the uh, seventeen, whatever, twenty something. Well, okay. So jumping forward, we got the next scene here, and it is going to you know back to see christy and the whole team um who i thought were the bishops but they're not the bishops basically peach melba needed some bread earlier to bring to her dad because he's going to be this doing this sermon so Uh we see jamie and brianna and roger Mm -hmm. which i think is cool okay they're going and they're doing this together as a team i think this is really cool like claire's not even with them you know they're going to teach them how to build their homes um and then as they get there you know tom christie is like leading this sermon with everybody and there's some little banter between them um one thing that was a little strange 
I don't know if you guys felt this way. <laughs> it was like Jamie rolling up on the sermon and it was like, stop your sermon. <laughs> <laughs> like we're here like there wasn't any like respect to their sermon like mm-hmm. I don't know maybe that's just me but I feel like you see people like practicing their faith you kind of like chill to the sideline till they're done and then talk mm-hmm. like they just stepped in and just kind of took over and like let's get building you know granted you know they did say hey we're gonna build you like a church and we're gonna build you a you know a school you know it was a good it was it was a good scene yeah there's so much in here I mean Jamie asks there's they're kind of like flexing again with each other and Jamie's like we'll have who here has built a cabin before and it's totally crickets and I was like where's Ikea when you need them I mean these poor (laughs) people are trying to set up a home and there's snow did you see like there was snow and frost on the ground like these people are gonna freeze to death if they don't get this up quickly um so I thought their little flexing back and forth was entertaining to watch yep yep um this is also um where we have the scene with marceline and the widow and we get yes so, so this is essentially the whole entire building scene it's like a whole montage but within it there's two important things that happen um and real quick it's marsley and the widow where mm-hmm. she basically the widow thinks marsley is a widow widow because she's like mm-hmm. complaining you know yada 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 um, and then we learn about the widow and she lost her, you know, husband. Um, and it's super sad, yada, yada, yada. Um, and then we see Fergus coming out of the woods, mm-hmm. like a hot ass mess. And we're oh, finally yeah. like, okay, we know what's going on. He's coming back from the still and he's just like Wasted. totally dipping into the sauce. Like he's just a hot mess and like Jamie knows it and it's apparent. So we got a lot of information here and a lot of stuff that happens in this scene. Um, And then most of it is just building montage. (laughs) So. So I have to say too, so Brianna and Marceline are to chatting and the widow comes up and as Marceline and the widow are talking, Brie goes back to Roger and Roger basically gives Brie the whole story of like how this woman lost her husband. And I was like, of course, Roger already knows her whole story. <laughs> He's got his eyes on her. He's checked her out. He knows what's what. It's like, okay, Roger. <laughs> yeah, pretty <laughs> Typical. <true. laughs> and then, oh yeah, God. when Fergus doubled in drunk, I, oh, I was like, come on, bro. And like Tom Christie clocks everything like he observes and notices everything and similar to like like governor of the prison level of judginess I kind of live for Tom's level of judginess because he's seeing (laughs) this all go down and he's just like tisk tisk (laughs) yeah like like he's actually a jaded gay man in another life and like (laughs) we all know it he's yeah you're right he's like literally clocking everything and like Uh it wasn't revealed directly this episode and we see it later, but he like, you can tell he does not like alcohol. Like he, there's oh, something. Yeah. he's like, it's the devil. He says it later. He's yeah. He's clocking it all. Yeah. Tom's Tom's dare I say fanatical in his religious beliefs. Mm-hmm. Yep. So yep. he, he really uses God and values from his religious background to defend his choices and that's like where a lot of his leadership qualities stem Mm -hmm. from whereas Jamie is very much 
know, understands people. So yeah. I think you have this person who's like forcefully trying to lead people based on what he thinks is right. And yep. then you have Jamie who actually is empathetic and, and trying to lead based on what he understands about people. And you're really yep. seeing that come to a head. Absolutely. So this is a good example. Yep. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so then we have the whole montage of them building and I mean, they're doing pretty good, I'd say. I mean, <laughs> power to them. I couldn't build a house in an afternoon <laughs> after church, let alone, like, come on. Uh, so to continuing on, we're now at um, the young Ian and Alan hunting mm-hmm. scene, which wasn't my favorite scene, to be honest with you. I essentially, really, to give the quickest brief, Alan and Ian are hunting. Ian's got the bow. Alan's got the rifle. Ian is, like, slaying his shots like a superstar um, oh, yeah. Alan's literally like, I got, you know, I got this, I got, I got guns in my hand and I won't go something like that. He is <laughs> like so proud of his gun and he's even more proud because he has his little like horn um, gunpowder case that he's like thinks is so cool and like custom designed like laser engraved like it's amazing but then the committee the something committee I just totally forgot the make sure you're doing good shit committee committee of safety comes out of nowhere <laughs> um, rolls up on them and it's just like whoa 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 we thought you were an Indian and then there's like all this like confusing banter and then Pretty much you see one of them notice like the gunpowder horn uh-huh. and like whispers in the other ear guy's ear. I just didn't like I, this whole yeah, scene. The only Go thing on. I liked about it was the music because oh my it's, God. oh my God, the <laughs> Browns Committee of Safety, bum, 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 bum. <laughs> I was like all in it. I was yeah. so, I was this. like, take me there, music. <laughs> Uh, did you know they're bad guys? Because yeah. this is <laughs> the most exactly. maniacal, mustache twirling music like I've yep. ever heard. Yep. Yep. <laughs> but it's like, but it's also kind of annoying because it's like, yeah, they're bad guys, but I'm like, they're bored bad guys. They're bad guys because they're bored. Like, they're literally True. like, <laughs> I'm True. like, what the hell? They're they just need like, a hobby. Yeah, like their wives are like, you know, get out of the house, go create a committee and like do dumb shit. Like we don't care. Like like what like what is their motive? Like really? Like it's just like insane. I just would can I just touch on though, like mm-hmm. young Ian's Indian vibes. Like I just I again I've been watching the older episodes. I watched the episode where Claire sorry, Ian meets Claire in the brothel for the first time since she came back. Ian now is totally freaking different and i'm just like he so assimilated himself into like the indian culture and like Mm -hmm. it's i don't know it's just strange to me like i mean maybe we all go through that phase in our 20s where we're just our 30s where we're just like we totally like i was (laughs) like lady gaga for four years yeah like what is our identity (laughs) but like he spent a lot of his life like not as an indian and i just feel like he stepped into it like too much I don't know what it is. It just bugs me. I'm sorry. I just I feel like I'm watching like a cartoon like or something and he's like playing dress up as an Indian. Like he's just running around. It's like a drag event. I don't know. I love it more in the books. I'm like, I don't know. I love his transformation because looks... he like becomes a man. But yeah, I yeah. think in this show it's not trans it's, it's like yeah, a Scottish it's Indian. <laughs> like it's just not translating for me. I'm sorry. With so... the with the 
the dots yeah. on the face like the henna tattoo dots like come on uh, um ian's been ron weasley yes <laughs> and then, hundred yep, yep. <laughs> and now let me explain myself so i guess like i you I guess I remember the Harry Potter movies now at this point more than I remember the books. And my husband and I recently reread the Harry Potter books. And mm-hmm. um, nice. like Ron's so cool in the book. So cool. And yeah. then you watch it on screen and you're like, Ron's like awkward. And he's like, you're yeah. like, oh, that's nice that they're friends with Ron. Like- <laughs> Ron yeah, on yeah. screen is like a bumbling idiot and in the books he's like they're into the wizarding world yeah, he's got that he's, knowledge and he's yeah, the cool he's, one exactly yeah. yeah like he's the cool one he like brings them into the fold of like all the wizards like Tiff just said so and I feel like that happened for Ian and yes and I think this actor whose name I should know is great but it's just not representing the character that I, I read on the page. Yeah, and they, I don't, yeah, they've replaced yeah. young Ian with like Hawkeye from Marvel, but he's in like an Indian party city outfit. Like <laughs> Ian is like super chill in the books. Mm-hmm. It's like, again, where he's just like really chill. And I mean, he's definitely when he's younger, like he has stuff to learn, but he wasn't this like innocent puppy dog that I feel like you yeah. get. Yeah, yeah. On the show, and and then he goes and he lives with the Mohawk and has this like life changing experience. And he, you don't know everything that happened to him while he was there yet that like really affected him. And um, I don't know. He he definitely took in the the lifestyle. Um, I guess. And I just I don't think it's playing well with you know what is interesting to me just a thought like so at arts muir the you know jamie is punished because of the tartan because you know the british are all about like assimilating the scots the scots do not want to be assimilated they're very strong in their culture but ian here has been assimilated into the Mohawk way of life and is in like in his core, he is a Mohawk mm-hmm. now. And yeah. I think those things, you know, talking about this now, thinking about what happened earlier in the episode is really interesting because it is like a struggle to communicate right. it on screen, I guess. Right, Maybe right. he just hasn't had enough like time on screen with yeah, his story. I- yeah. He, I don't know maybe this isn't the right wording but he he wears it better in the books like it's just like yeah, this is who he is and deal with it <laughs> I'm like yeah I, I, yeah I feel like again this this actor has these like big puppy dog eyes I mean I just feel like <laughs> it, whether he's trying to or not it just he always has this look of like where I feel like he's looking for approval, but like, I don't think that's intentional. It's just like the vibe I get from him. And it's like, he's lacking the self-assuredness that I felt really helped sell the character in the books. So Mm -hmm. no, I think you're right. Like, like all kidding aside, like on my part, like, I think, like, I genuinely am excited for him and I like his character a lot. I think for Mm -hmm. me, it's just 
visually he's not translating for me mm-hmm. and it's not a hit you're right yeah it's like not a hit and like you know it's just it, it just it's awkward it's awkward and you have to remember this is a fictional story, you know, and you're like, like, I don't know. I, I don't know what I'm saying, but it's just kind of like. Um, it's a miss it, for you. It's a miss for me. It is. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So, OK, to carry on here, we come to another scene um, with Christy. And actually, I really love this scene. I think it is like kind of funny and comical. Yep. But basically, to put it all in a quick nutshell here, uh, Christy comes to Claire uh, because he cut his hand open. Claire is like the you know medical guru he cuts his hand open and I think the funniest scene is him fainting when he sees his own (laughs) blood and they did it so good he literally like sees it and then like topples over and then like rolls around and then like gets up and it's just like you know totally disoriented like senior citizen like it is like super cute but I mean it's like it's a it's a cute scene and I mean that in like his innocence like his um like this is just yeah. yeah it's vulnerable exact thank you that's the word I was looking for super vulnerable he is human like he you know he's he, he needs to be taken care of as well and I just thought this was a kind of a nice inside look at him regardless of everything we've seen but also just some quick you know quick brief before we jump into it he faints gets up Claire's helping him Jamie comes in and is basically like hey you know I'll give you a dram of some alcohol um, and then this is again where we see him be like, that's the devil's juice, like, mm-hmm. you know, yada, yada, yada. And then Jamie, like, totally out of the blue, quotes the Bible, like, basically saying, like, well, you know, Jesus loves the devil's juice. I, don't, I can't remember the quote, but basically he was, like, validating it's like, take it. some wine for your stomach. <laughs> but that's the thing is, like, Tom Christie thinks he's, like, Bible expert. But can we, we cannot forget that Jamie is very, like, very religious very godly and he can quote the bible like out of nowhere yep, so yep. um i like that little back and forth as well he's like no you need to drink the bible tells you to so. yeah <laughs> yep yep it was cute like it was cute she notices his other hand mm-hmm. yeah did you guys could you guys even tell what it actually was this this scene this confused me a little bit i don't know if it's some type of arthritis but it's essentially like seized up so like these fingers are like towards the palm and he could only really like use his index finger and thumb. But, but it was confusing because she's all like, Hey, I can correct this. Yeah. And I was pretty much under the assumption that she was going to, I was like, is she going to do this now? And then I thought she said she was going to do it at the pig roast, but it definitely doesn't happen at the pig roast. So it's like, it was just confusing. I'm like, okay, like you're, I, I don't know. It was weird. Like, I want to see her correct this thing. Like, come on. I think it has <laughs> to do with like a tendon or something. Yeah. You need to do surgery. Yeah. So I thought the same thing too. Like when Jamie says at the end, like, it's not but a nick now, Tom, I've had worse. Yep. I thought he meant like what she was going to do to his other hand. Okay. But I realized he meant like the stitches that she was stitching up. Oh my God. And- He's going to be the first ether patient. I could see it now. Right. I'm just totally, I don't even know. It just came to me right now. I feel like this bitch is going to get etherized, like <laughs> hopefully not youth, euthanized, but no, let's see. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's what they want. Definitely oh, would like to see her fix his hand for sure. Exactly. We want to see more of Claire being Claire, super healer mm-hmm. that she is. I think the true addiction that she has is doing surgery cutting people people open (laughs) is cutting people (laughs) open um there was like literally the one i told you guys the scene where the guy came into the brothel to kill her 
and she tried saving yeah. him, she was like screwing into his head. Remember, she was trying to relieve the pressure and they show mm. it like screwing into his head. I'm like, this yeah. woman loves blood. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Um, one of the most important parts of this scene though is when he's leaving. Okay. Yeah. Um, when he's walking out, um, he says to Jamie, he's like, at least it will be an honorable scar, won't it? McDo totally throws shade like for no no reason his wife just helps him you know jamie's wife helps him Uh, like what the hell like what is this this is like i I loved how claire was so pissed because like you don't talk shit about her man she's like (laughs) what was that no you don't talk about about jamie no, 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 no. Don't get me started. <laughs> you Katie don't knows. talk about Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to. I had to. This is like a real overreact on Tom's part mm-hmm. to like make up for how vulnerable he just was. Yes. Like yep. he's True. like totally lashing out because they yeah. just saw him like have his moment. Mm-hmm. yeah that's like psychology and 101 right there good good looks he it's yeah he's just this man needs a hug <laughs> he, he does, does. Like, he does. He needs a i hug. love him i have like such <laughs> such a soft spot for his character i like i just love him i don't know yeah. i think he's so complex so, so complex. anyway but I will say Jamie kept it super chill. I mean, like, who wouldn't be with those, like, t- like freaking seven-hour sex scenes that he has? Like, I, <laughs> he's so chilled out all the time. Like, come on, let's be real. Like, no one can piss him off. Um, yeah, he's very rational about it. He's like, well, you know, he saw my back at Arts Mirror, so he probably thought I actually did something to deserve those scars instead of yeah, just have yeah. Randall, like, be sadistic. Yep, yep. And then Claire's like, you guys sound, you guys are acting like a bunch of wild rams. <laughs> I'm like, not really. Like he was, but maybe not Jamie. Yeah, <laughs> like, right. Okay. So then we have a cute scene right after this. And I just think it's the cutest scene, but it's with Lizzie and Miss, Mrs. Bug. Uh-huh. And they're like mixing up the pies and like bringing out the desserts and like moving around the table. And I'm like, poor Lizzie's just getting all these like minor, like, like, 10 second scenes in this in this episode like just doing housework and chores but i'm sure we'll see some good stuff with her later i know i thought like this was mrs bug and lizzie's own little pissing contest ram butting heads moment because lizzie's yep, like yep. no the pie clearly should be over here and then mrs bug comes back in and is like no front and center okay like yep, <laughs> we yep. will not mess with my setup <laughs> it was cute it was making me hungry that scene i was like man i want those pies and then like literally my whole brain went to this whole other like did claire and like brianna make like you know some type of flour mixer or like are they making like kitchen utensils and like is their baking game like stepped up a notch because of their kitchen aid future she like (laughs) yeah she has recipes from the future like i i want to know like like jello jiggler somewhere in there like who knows um (laughs) but anyhow continuing forward we have the pig roast official that was the setup for the pig roast but now we're at the pig roast and major mcdonald's there with jamie and they're chit-chatting and he's pretty much like hey jamie listen like 
I'm going to give this job to Richard Brown. Like, you know, they really love him. He's got this cool kindness committee, <laughs> kindness committee. <laughs> He's got this like committee of badass, like disgruntled board soldier, senior citizens going around and everybody loves him. And they have great you know, music. You don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. With rapey music, like playing in the background. Um, and so, yeah, like you're not gonna take the job. Sorry. But then I think this scene, the important part of this scene is what comes next. And that's with um, Christy coming in with his son and, you know, his daughter, um, Peach Melba. And they're like, you know, he's like amazed at his place. He's like, oh my God, like you live like a king. This is insane. And, you know, Christy's even throwing shade too. Like, yes. whatever, Jamie's so lucky. Um, and then I think the quote was important. Where he's like, hey, you live like a king. And then Jamie's like, yeah. And somehow there always seems to be a long way to go. Yes. Because I, Boss. like, just like you said, um, Alan is, like, so impressed. And then Tom, feeling small again, I guess, decides he has mm-hmm. to throw a dig at Jamie. And is like, yeah, I've come a long way since Ardsmere, right? In front of the major. And the major's eyes big and, like, hmm. Yep. yep. And Jamie recovers really well with that with that quote that you said, and everything seems yep. to be kind of smoothed over. He's so good. He's so on point. He's so like, good. He's just like, he's... like he's got him ready. Like was hit. Was him and Claire like post sex? Like sitting there, they're like with a little notebook, and they're like, okay, if he says <laughs> if, if he, he says, says this, this, like you're gonna say this, okay. Yes. And he's got like a little like like spreadsheet outline of like what is it called? Like the little chart. A decision where, like, tree. Decision tree. <laughs> yeah. Like. <laughs> He's like all ready to go. Like, oh my God. Oh. Um. <laughs> also here, again, we see Tom with the alcohol thing because Jamie yep. offers <clears throat> Tom and the major some drink and Tom turns it down. Like, oh, I'm so pious. Like I don't drink. Yep. Yep. And then Jamie turns to the major again and the major's like, I never say no to a drink. Fill me up. And Tom looks so uncomfortable. And I kind of like, again, I, I'm sorry. I love Tom Christie. Like I felt a little bad for him because I think he's just a fish out of water. Like mm-hmm. this yep, yep. is not working here. Like this has worked with his people, but here it's, he's not fitting in. And I just, I don't know. I felt for him a little yeah. bit. And we also see Peach Melba being like super like, kind and courteous to Claire like I think she wanted to like see her and like say thank you and all that so I thought that was kind of cute too so then we come to the next scene which is a pretty good one as well it's a scene with Fergus and Marsley and it's a scene that I think every single couple has had at one point in their life when their partner is drinking way too much and you're bringing him into another room and you're stuffing some food down his throat because he's acting like an absolute idiot and you're just like, (laughs) sober up, you moron. Um, (laughs) But Fergus is just being ridiculous. He's in there. He's just like landing his drunk remarks like none other. Um, Poor innocent Lizzie's in there, you know, trying to help, trying to set up and like bring desserts in. How innocent is Lizzie? She's like flirting pretty hard. (laughs) Yes. Well, and then that brings us to the banter of Josiah coming in Mm -hmm. and Fergus pretty much projected onto Lizzie and and all of them and was like, well, sorry, Lizzie started it and was like, hey. She's like, where's your brother at? And he's like, I thought you only had eyes for me. And then she's like, well, you know, two hands would be more useful. 
and, and then, then Fergus. yeah Fergus is like oh like something you know one, about two hands he's like oh only but one two is Fergus. better than one Lizzie yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then Lizzie dips she's just like she does <laughs> <laughs> like, out of there I'm done like nope uh-uh um crazy scene like yeah uh. and we saw Fergus pull Marsley onto his lap like pretty roughly like she winces yep. Yep. um there too and then she's just like pissed like cutting into that bread like she wants to cut into his other yeah. hand like try drinking know, right? with no hands right like- <laughs> no you know what's gonna happen like he's gonna be going up to um brianna and he's gonna be like yo can you engineer me a flask hand <laughs> 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 you're like drinking out of the thumb no yeah. one's gonna know like that'd be cool one can only hope i think you know and then we're gonna see more of him later but i i just think so far for me this is just really sad for this character because he's been a fan favorite of mine yeah. um for a long time and even seeing him in last you know a couple of these past seasons um because he's always been like a spirit of positivity and support and and the love with like him and marcelie has been adorable and you know, he's just been so good and it sucks to see him, you know, suffer from here um, or suffer from, you know, alcoholism or whatever he's going through. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it stinks. So I hope it gets better for him. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. I loved Lizzie in this scene. Like she just like sold it. Like I loved her little sassy like flirt. And she's just she's like, like, yeah, like with she, her hair. Yeah. yeah yep, she. Yep. This actress just like sold it for me. So good. I was like, yep, oh, yep, you do yep. you. <laughs> get yours and then Travis has to come in and like make her feel bad about it just like oh god like she's living it up in Fraser's Fraser's Ridge pig roast drama okay Mm -hmm. well before the drama (laughs) we have a little bit of a quick scene with Roger and the widow just gonna throw it out there Mm -hmm. I don't know why he's taking on the responsibility of the widow here and her kids but he's basically like you know, this chaos with a little kid, and then Brianna's like, Hey, like, oh, do something, like, be that super awesome dad that apparently you are. And he like <laughs> runs after the kid, and he's Since like, yesterday. Hey, yeah, we're like, We're gonna build a house. And he's like, Really? Oh my God. And then he's like, We're gonna build your whole family a house, yada, yada, yada. I don't know what this charitable Roger is, where he's gonna be building a house where he could barely do anything all the other seasons, and now he can just build houses. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Promising make a wish donation, Roger. Here, I don't know. I know. And Amy we'll Higgins is like standing at the bottom of the stairs, like hard eyes for Roger, hearts and eyes. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I never believed I or dreamed I could have had a house all to my own. <laughs> and then she's straight up like, I can't pay you back. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Roger. Like maybe again, like dial it back a notch. Like yeah, like clearly the taxes are bad in this town. Like how is she gonna afford them taxes? Like we don't know. He just like he just like escalated the giving a little too far, and yeah, yeah, like this woman has these children, and her husband passed away, and now this guy swoops in and is like. I'm going to build you a house. Like, I'd be like, you're my hero. You know? <laughs> I know, like, right? Like, 
what is he trying to do uh, like oh my god things get crazy because mm. hey gross is going good and off in the distance we start hearing the freaking rapey villain music it's a coming and the and the, <laughs> the hooves are the horse are going um yeah and in rolls richard brown and the committee of crazy stupid shit are there ready to <laughs> rabble and has anybody watched Fear Thy Neighbor on Discovery Plus because like the Frasers and the Browns would be an excellent episode of Fear Thy Neighbor. <laughs> it's what basically like two neighbors like have disputes and usually murder happens. Like yeah. so. oh my god. Considering <laughs> <laughs> murder has already oh happened. Boy. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, before we go on, I just need to comment on the fact that. I had a real moment here where I was like, there's this huge party going on inside the house and Claire's getting eggs? Like, why is Claire out getting eggs? Oh, yeah. To see right. them roll up. <laughs> like, yeah, and her face. Sad? Like, oh welcoming her oh, guests. Yeah. Like, I yep, know, yep. I know this was like to be the catalyst for the trauma that she's experiencing later but I was just like yep. why is she getting eggs in the middle <laughs> of this party <laughs> maybe Claire is really an introvert and she's like this is like the moment of the party where you're like I've had too much chit chat I'm gonna go wash the dishes like yeah, you exactly. know? she's like I'm just gonna go gather yeah. some eggs <laughs> no she definitely when they rolled up her face was literally like oh yeah Jamie's, Jamie's got this one <laughs> I'm out of here <laughs> yep yeah if I anybody gets like, hurt after just give me a ring <laughs> was just like, why why eggs now <laughs> sorry i don't think we'll ever have that question answered it was just one of those okay. things no just, no uh well next scenes next episode is going to open with her making an omelet so get ready um <laughs> i hope <laughs> um okay so Anyways, this scene's super intense, but the brief of it is basically they roll into town, everybody gets outside, freaking chaos is going on. Pretty much Richard Brown is basically accusing Alan, Christie's son, of stealing the gunpowder horn. And then you see like classic TV show, Alan just dips like right as they get there. Like everyone's standing still. Such a weasel. And they're like, that guy stole the stole the horn and then he just starts running and then like someone stops him like it's clearly you and you're clearly guilty you're like running away like come on but on top of that not only was it clearly visibly guilty the horn had the person's initials on it i know i was like of course what a fool what a fool and it only gets worse from there because pretty much he's like or the browns are like hey we are gonna arrest him like he stole this it's our property yada yada yada. all this absolute absolute drama but as it's going on okay like mr brown richard brown is obviously directing a lot of this towards jamie like jamie's like Mm -hmm. his main focus but christy like comes out of nowhere and like steps in and is like my son like are you freaking kidding me like totally goes like off the insane freaking like fire and brimstone deep end and is like yo son what's your deal like you know and i'm saying this in total like you know cali dude voice here but it's not it's literally in like fire and brimstone preacher voice mm-hmm. and is basically like hey says the most horrifying thing he's like you don't you want to you don't want to end up like your mother 
burning in the fires of hell totally like caught me off guard like what in the hell crazy shit is this yeah, what's your mom yikes do? yeah yikes yeah. yeah what'd your mom do what did she do like it, it was probably something so stupid but um anyhow so that pretty much convinces what's his face to confess to actually stealing it um uh, which again i thought was pretty obvious but he had to actually say it then um what's his name richard brown is basically like okay like you know, you need to give him 10 lashings. And Jamie keeps reminding, like, this is my land. This is my place. Mm-hmm. Like, what the hell? Like, I make the rules here. Mr. Brown, it all seems good and fair. It seems like they're going to, like, peace out. But then he turns around and is basically like, well, you notice how he stole a gunpowder horn. Maybe he's a rebel. Maybe mm-hmm. shit's going down. Yada, yada, yada. Yo, like Captain Redco, I forgot his name already again. Um, <laughs> do you see this stuff going on? Like, you know, shit's going down. And then basically, everyone, all eyes on Jamie. Jamie's going to do the lashings, tells the yep. kid to take his... Doesn't get him naked, though. Like, it just has him take off his, like, outer layer. I, I think Jamie was really trying to, like, soften the blows for him. Like, I feel like he was, yes. like, holding it back mm. a little bit. And again, sorry, I'm like going through this as fast as I can so we can rip it apart. Jamie whips him. He lashes him, gives him his 10 lashings. Everybody's faces is like mortified and uncomfortable. Like they're at a pig roast. They're about to eat. They're freaking starving. And now they're watching this kid get whipped. This is Mm. insane. So basically he gives the lashings in front of everyone. Everyone's watching. Um, And then the Browns peace out. And Jamie turns around, walks up to Major McDonald and is like, hey, I'll be your Indian agent because if he's the other guy, I'm in. Like, done. End scene. Holy crap. So much to unpack. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think Christy's going to handle this really well, move past it in a really healthy way. And this is really the sun. <laughs> Sign up for counseling like that afternoon. <laughs> well, I'll jump in here and say, like, Katie, you were talking about some things earlier, the differences between Jamie and Christy that I also had notes to highlight, where Christy leads through fear and intimidation, while Jamie, you know, he often can just win the love of people. And here, Tom is really, like, trying to she's shoving his son around, like trying to show like, I'm in charge of him. Look, I'm like manhandling him, but really does not have much control over his son at this point. Um, because he's so he's slightly scornful of, I think his father's religious beliefs. I mean, he stole something. That's one of the 10 commandments, right? Like we don't Mm -hmm. do that. Um, so he, you know, he's really not as much of a leader as as he thinks he is. And I think similarly, while Jamie is religious, I think he is kind of like a God loving type man. And Tom is like a God fearing type man. And so that's where he uses like the religion and fear of God to try to motivate Mm -hmm. people, including his son here with that, like, do you want to burn in hell (laughs) type of speech? Right, right, right. So that was intense. I also was... I don't know how Major McDonald took this whole thing, but like to me, I was like, I'm glad you're seeing this go down because you're seeing the Browns are kind of a mess and Jamie's the more rational one. And I hope that like, if anything were to happen, you would hear Jamie out more than 
the Browns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. I th- I think he, I think Major McDonald definitely likes Jamie. Like, I think there's like. I think so too. You know, I think they have like friend chemistry. You know, maybe he's close to Lord John Gray from like the clubs or something and has a crush on Jamie too. But <laughs> no, like who knows, like whatever. But, <laughs> you know, there's definitely a good, I think he's pro Jamie, like more than the Browns. Mm-hmm. So It's just more of this Jamie Christie dynamic and um we see this be the catalyst for Jamie to to act in regards to the um the request to become Jamie Fraser Indian agent. Yep. Yep. So <laughs> yeah. Fraser, um, Jamie Fraser. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but like I just like love the whole the whole name and and job together. But uh <laughs> well, but yeah. <laughs> when I was like going back like for the second watch and I was like trying to find out the position that he wanted him to be I was like because I saw the flashback from the previous episode and it was like I'm no longer going to be the colonel so I was like listening to the scene really intensely they're like okay he wants him to be the colonel and he's like we want you to be the Indian agent (laughs) (laughs) I'm literally just like what I was like did I hear that right and then I just wrote down agent and then he start going on like we want you to like investigate the Indians I'm like okay it is the Indian agent (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like a legit it sounds like a born identity novel or something right, like right. yeah <laughs> yeah but yeah so this whole kerfuffle happens and jamie's like we can't let these bad people be the ones to uh interact with the yep. the indians so i'll do it so then we have that whole debacle's over and jamie and christy are out talking back by the barn and they're talking about Ardsmere and like life on Ardsmere and who's like the big honcho and all that crap. And then basically Jamie was like, listen, this is my land. And just so you know, mm-hmm. my word is the law. Well, Christy, okay. Passive aggressive Christy. Okay. Is literally like, uh, no, God's word is the law. Okay. Sorry. Like, yeah, yeah. no, you're wrong. So it's like, you can't just be like, give him a head nod. Be like, all right, I get it. Like, no. but like come on here. Like, it's just, he can't give him anything yeah he can't give him anything Uh, and this was interesting because jamie (laughs) i feel bad for jamie because he keeps insisting to everyone this is my land but nobody is hearing him like first the browns (laughs) and now tom so yeah felt for him this is the last scene of the episode that we see christy and we've learned a lot about him like we've learned you know we almost at first think he's maybe gonna be like a villain of the season i don't think he's not i don't think he is the villain of the season i think he's gonna be like a hurdle of the season but i think jamie at one point says to claire something along the lines of but he could be a good soldier next to me i guess Mm -hmm. or in the war or something like that Mm -hmm. and you know i think that's what maybe they're grooming him for later on that's like my only guess but i think it won't come before conflict like i like major conflict between the two and his family so we'll see anyways going on um our second to last scene here and it's a big one and it is our marsley fergus in the home scene okay like literally set in we don't have a warm like a little room like roger and breeze you know Mm -hmm. scene okay there's not like tea options everywhere no it's literally like gloomy and scary and freaky Mm -hmm. and fergus is like a hot mess pouring a flask into a drink he's that cocky drunk it's just like over the top 
he was so like i know you don't like this watch yeah. me do it like yep. and the quote is um she's basically he, he was like what was up with that at the party and she's like your drunkenness is embarrassing me and keeping me from family and being my husband and he's like is your husband not right in front of you right now and then she's like is he Mm-hmm. and then he's like sorry for being such a disappointment and just walks away also so that little exchange i thought was interesting in the perspective of they included in the previously on the exchange between jamie and claire when they were like camped out before the battle and jamie's asked claire if he's changed much and and jamie and claire is like not at all and so I thought that was an interesting choice that they included that in the previously on. And then we had this kind of similar scene where the wife's like, I don't recognize you anymore. Right, right. You are not the man I married. It's sad. I think that's, the whole thing is kind of sad. Um, and I do have a feeling that Christy is going to like intervene here at some point. Like, I feel like that's going to be like a positive effect of Christy is somehow mm-hmm. going to pull Fergus out of it. That's like kind of my hope at least, or like, yeah, he sucks whatever but somehow like god helps him like cure fergus or who knows or whatever mm-hmm. so yeah i hate fergus um the scene <laughs> feels that for me and i didn't hate fergus Mm-mm. but um yeah. i think i mean are we all on the same page that he's a drunk and he hits his wife like is that yeah right it's gotta be right making? okay yeah yeah so i his pregnant that, wife his pregnant yeah, wife his, oh my god his I was pregnant wife yeah and he's <laughs> putting her well-being at jeopardy and mm-hmm. she's the mother of his children and she's pregnant with another one and like I don't I just can't fathom this like I just struggle like I just I don't I don't really care that he's sick and an alcoholic like it's mm-hmm. not okay that he hit his wife and I feel like they are presenting it in such a way where they're setting it up so that his problems trump the physical harm that's Mm -hmm. happened to his wife because it's like he's going through something like I don't care you don't hit your wife so I struggled with this storyline in the book and I'm gonna struggle with it this season so I (laughs) I I, fair warning to (laughs) to anyone listening I just this this interaction ruins this character for me and I I can't come back from it so sorry to be so heavy I just really yeah it stinks and it's seemingly seemingly it is out of nowhere like we have not previously seen him struggle with any kind of addiction and we're wondering like why now why is he drunk all the time why is he being physical with marsley he never was before like so it's very confusing to see this yeah yeah agreed agreed um i also feel like it's kind of a unnecessary add-in here too like it's just it's yeah it feels out of the out of the blue like do we really need this conflict in this right now i don't know uh you guys know more than me because you read the books but um i would prefer just happy regular progress so i hope that i hope he doesn't get ruined for me i know he's ruined for you already but i hope it's not totally lost completely so we'll Mm -hmm. see all right well then we're brought to our final final scene here 
And it starts with these crazy flashbacks that it's clear. It's like the transition to the next scene. And it's all these crazy, crazy flashbacks. And Claire wakes up in the middle of the night next to Jamie. And he's like, oh, are you okay? Um, I'm just going to say, I think he goes, oh, Sasanak, are you okay? No, he doesn't say that. But I'm going (laughs) to hope he said that. Anyhow, she's like, I'm good. I just need some tea. And then she makes this cute little comment of like, if I can find any bloody taxes. But meanwhile, I'm like, is that because you can't get any and you got to search around the kitchen for it? Like, it just was a kind of a weird, like, diss to taxes. They're constantly bashing these taxes, but then Jamie's like, I'll pay the taxes. So I'm like, pick your stance on the taxes here, people, okay? <laughs> um, <laughs> it's like, like, what is going on? Um, like, they're going to be at the Boston Tea Party at the end of this somehow. Like, I don't know. Um, but anyways, she looks in the mirror before she goes mm-hmm. into the other room. Like, is she like she's up to no good like she kind of like looks at herself and then like moves away and you see jamie in the background and like she is up to something goes into her little like kitchen laboratory and look at this we get a little like you know breaking bad scene here and she's like making the ether and like setting it up and i'm kind of like to be honest with you two i didn't think she was going to use it on herself like I mm-hmm. for some reason thought she was like doing something else or I thought she was like getting ready for the morning and it actually did catch me a little off guard that she like put that to her face and mm-hmm. literally made herself pass out um just as dead as like the beginning of the episode we have a full parentheses on the episode here of like coming shot in and shot out what in the heck what we found her crutch like we found her band-aid like what is going on the ether oh so many thoughts okay so for me the even from the voiceover of claire talking about memories being the devil to the title card being focused on her making the ether the episode ending with her talking about like ghosts and then using the ether to self-medicate and put herself into a dreamless sleep to avoid her ghost. All of this compounded gives me the impression that like this is going to be a major plot point for the season and a point yep. of conflict between Jamie and Claire and maybe even more between Claire and Brie because Brie, know, you know, it's from the future also and maybe knows a bit more about these chemicals and That's their true. dangers. Yep. Um, And I think that like, this is going to be very polarizing. Like, I think some people are going to really like this choice because we never see Claire deal with her trauma, really. She is queen of compartmentalization. Um, So she usually just like tucks it away and manages to kind of move on. And some people might think like, oh, she's a human. Like she has this weakness, like she's, you know, turning to abusing this substance. Um. And it's honestly, it's, it's not like she doesn't overindulge in alcohol already, right? right like right, she's right. gotten pretty like wasty a few times yeah, when she's been yeah. dealing with things. <laughs> <laughs> um, but for me, like just for me personally, I just, this didn't jive for me with the character of Claire. Um, yeah. Like for a few reasons. First, at least in this at this point in her experiments with ether, she has a lot of reverence for it. Like she knows that it's very flammable. It's dangerous. Like, so she 
is careful with it at this early stage in her making and preparing ether. So I like don't really see her being like, let me middle of the night in the dark, work up a batch of ether for myself and also like <laughs> put this candle like right next to it while I fall asleep. Like it just <laughs> yeah, doesn't seem right. like her husband is sleeping upstairs. Like, right, I don't know, right. it doesn't make sense to me. And I think also, you know, I don't know for how long ether knocks you out for. So to be completely honest, right. but for me, she's so about being like at the ready to help and assist somebody who is injured or ill or having a baby in the middle of the night or whatever. I just right. don't see her putting herself out of commission. Right. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Right. Like it's knocking herself mm-hmm. out and taking it off the temp- table. Like even if she was tempted to do it, like I think that reasoning would kind of she would use that reasoning to talk herself out of doing it. Right. And to me, it would almost be more believable if like she was suffering for a lot of nights, not sleeping, and then made a mistake with a person she was treating because she was so tired and in a fog. And then was like, I need sleep. I need to knock myself out. Like that would yeah, be a little yeah. bit more believable as like a justification for Claire to use the ether. Right. right. So, um, We've all been guilty of like, you know, taking a Benadryl to get, get to sleep sometimes, you know, like Tylenol PM, <laughs> taking my Tylenol PM. Like yeah. you know, maybe she's just like, can't use her modern day, like stuff to get to sleep. Um, but I mean, I don't feel like that's the case here. And I said it to you guys in text message today. I feel like, mm-hmm. okay, we had like some major villains in the past. We had, you know, Bonnet, um, we had Randall, we had the Redcoats. In this season, they're fighting against the clutches of addiction. Yes, I <laughs> like... totally agree. Like to me, to me, it seems like the writers saw this as like a good opportunity to like let's set up a parallel storyline between Fergus and Claire. And yep, yep. like, I think maybe it will be good. Con- like maybe the content will be gripping for the show. And um, yep. but I just like I feel it's a little bit at, at Claire's expense, I guess. But yeah, yeah. You know, we'll see how they handle it in episodes to come. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Aaron, and that like I it it made more sense to me that she would go and try to occupy her mind by by working mm-hmm. and and doing work because I that's very true to her character for me, where she's we talked about it already, how she's like so driven by this work she's doing. Yeah. Yep. Um so when this happened, I was just kind of like, nope, this doesn't yeah. work for me. <laughs> and um, yeah, I, it's a choice. It's not one I like. And uh, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Well, also, why, why didn't, like, Jamie was up. Like, he fully propped himself up and was like, yo, boo, like, what are you up to? Are you good? And then she, like, doesn't come back. And this is somewhere at the beginning of the season. Our episode was, like, he thought she was dead. Like, I don't yeah. know. I think that was out of character for him to, like, not go check on her or, like, not yeah. go out there. Mm-hmm. Like, she was clearly mixing them chemicals for a while. You know, it takes, like, what, a whole five minutes to make a cup of tea. So I feel like that was a little bit weird. Um but again, it, it is a TV show. <laughs> I mean, how do you feel, Aaron, having only experienced TV show Claire, seeing her make this this choice? You know, it's funny because, you know, and I keep saying this, I've been watching the past seasons. I've always loved Claire. She's been a consistent mm-hmm. character for me. I've, like, kind of really been happy with everything she did. But 
seeing all versions of her in these seasons, I'm really starting to see like cookie cutter Claire, like like the stuff she just does that's Claire. And she she's kind of becoming a cartoon character to me. Like she's not being real. Like she's just she looks ridiculous sometimes. Like some even even in the medical stuff, like she's just so over the top and so chaotic or good chaotic, but like, you know, less of a human and more of like just she seems worried and frazzled. Like she just is kind of a hot mess. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, mean, I think she's starting to pull away from being one of my more favorite characters. Like one of the characters I'm actually looking forward to seeing. Like I've always been a minor character person. Like I, mm-hmm. I love the the little the underdogs, like the yeah. side stories and the stupid things. Where we've seen a lot of Claire, we've seen a lot of Claire being Claire, and a lot of Claire doing the same exact thing. So who knows? Maybe this is a good direction for her. Like going off of the normal Claire pattern that she's on and seeing her like fall apart by choice you know Mm -hmm. um so I'm here for it you know maybe it'll pull me back to her a little bit so we'll see I think it could be a source of like true conflict between some of the characters whereas like previously we've seen a lot of conflict come from like miss not communicating or like misunderstanding yeah Yeah. and like this could be an opportunity to have some real conflict between Claire and the people she loves and who love her it would suck though to see her make like a mistake like a medical mistake Mm -hmm. or something like that would just stink because that would be like a whole like four episodes trying to get her back out of her own head and who knows what you know mm-hmm. i feel like she would handle that worse than you know, her, her whole trauma yeah. she just had yes. you know? yeah um but yeah all in all so what um what's everybody's closing thoughts and and ratings here how do we feel about episode one of season six echo I uh, loved it, uh, except for the ending <laughs> with the ether. That that so that took one point off for me. So I'm giving it a nine. I really enjoyed it. Um, I loved the echoes of conflict and time between Tom Christie and Jamie in the past at Ardsmere, and then now again in the what did you call it? The present past or the the present participle? (laughs) Somewhere. Um, Love the Tom Christie and his character and his judgy ass and (laughs) (laughs) the introduction of Malva and Alan is is really interesting to see some new characters and to learn some about some new people. I think that like Tom's one of these people that has some good intentions, but just isn't very effective. Like he saw Fergus was a drunk mess in the woods and then continuously throughout the episode tries to tell people like how evil alcohol is. And I think he thinks he's being subtle. Like I really do, (laughs) but like (laughs) it's not very effective. Um, Loved Jamie in the episode. I thought it was a very true to Jamie episode. He's very measured and thoughtful, like loved it. Um, And all of the timelines and the music for me, I know it's like loud and maybe too much for some people, but I loved it. Like I, I loved the, (laughs) the bad guy music. I liked when Claire was sewing Tom's hand up and He's trying not to pass out again. And it's like a little jaunty, like silly. Yeah, this is a funny yeah. scene type music. <laughs> um, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I just 
like it was very playful um so I enjoyed that as well and I loved like all the visual eye candy of the ridge and the big house and um, so everybody working together like a well-oiled machine yeah, so yeah, yeah. nine out of ten for me yeah I I loved this one too it was just like eight it had everything for being away for two years. It was just like they jam-packed this episode with Scotland, with some yep. good Claire and Jamie. We got mm-hmm. the new character intro. Um, them just homesteading on the ridge and you got some war set up um so yeah I just I I thought they really like hit on all of those things that make the show and the the world so great um and my favorite thing was just again how well they they were able to just convey that like love that Jamie and Claire have and I feel so sappy saying that but it was just like so nice to feel that again and obviously my least favorite part was um, just the the Claire ether um, habit that seems to be forming here at the end. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, gosh, why don't I'll say this was a nine too. So I feel like I'm a, <laughs> I'm like <laughs> so judgy. I'm like pre John Gray, but like oh Warden. God. But like, yeah, we'll give this a nine. Why not? I'm happy to be back. So <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Go, so I'm I'm gonna be the, the anti-niner, but still giving it a high, <laughs> I'm still giving it a high rating. I'm gonna give it an 8.5. And I'm saying that because I have this weird scope of having now watched some of the past seasons. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the past seasons, when we come back to the series, we're really waiting for something. Like we are really anticipating Claire coming back in time to see Jamie like there was always a huge conflict that was almost cliffhangered in the previous season so this see this season we came back to the ridge knowing the ridge was whole okay like we came back knowing that there is like essentially peace and bliss on the ridge for the most part okay aside from you know the crazy committee crew people um (laughs) but I think we could have done without Ardsmere intro. I feel like that could have been handled in a shorter flashback later on. Mm -hmm. I think it would have actually been a little bit more interesting to meet Christy and not know his past with Jamie exactly. And then find that out later. Um, And I also just think it was like too much like to go into. And this is what, this is where I'm saying my watching the last seasons took away from the excitement of this season for me and that was the rich like I literally put the episode on and I was like I want to get into Fraser's Ridge I want to like mm-hmm. see what they're doing I want to see what Brianna's doing I want to see what Claire's doing I was so excited to jump into the present and what I knew and what I expected and instead I got like the prison in the date I couldn't tell and I was confused and I had to google and I was just like really like what is going on here like it just it really like kind of annoyed me to be honest with you mm-hmm. um I could also do without the Browns. I'm over the Browns. Like I'm (laughs) so over them. Like seriously, between that one guy that died already. And like, I thought it was like, yeah, they foreshadowed like stuff happening, but like 
I don't know. Like, I just, like, I feel like they're an unnecessary evil. Like, I just feel like it's stupid. Like, these are just people, again, like I said, they're bored. Like, I could just totally do without the whole thing. Like, have another maybe Bonnet character or something. Like, I don't need this, like, deranged, like, someone who was hit on the head with a rock as a kid, like, coming in and just, like, thinking he's the shit. Like, I just don't need it. I don't need it. But good things. Okay, that was a negative positive excited to see where the season goes i'm actually really excited probably didn't expect this but i'm excited for brie i want yeah. to see her be that engineer that you guys keep talking about they just foreshadowed it a bit she's still a little like nervous about it but i think something cool is on the horizon with her and i'm excited for her to finally have like bonnet behind her her whole trauma behind her. I'm excited to see her like actually kick ass. Like I'm pumped for that. I thought the pass out scene was really super cute and funny and it caught me off guard just seeing him like roll over. I'm excited for the new <laughs> character Peach Melba. I think she's going to be fun. We'll see where <laughs> that goes. Um, I'm also a little excited for Marsley and how she, I, I've always been an OG fan of Marsley since the beginning. Mm-hmm. And like I said, she's minor characters. Great. Yeah, she's great. And I want to see how she handles this with Fergus. Is she going to yeah. put up with it? Or is she going to be like, get the hell out of here? Okay, mm-hmm. like, listen, or is she going to help help him? Or who? I'm excited. I'm not excited for what Fergus is going through and what could possibly put her through. But I'm excited to see her character develop. And I mean, she freaking killed the guy last scene. Oh, yeah. She was so, she was so badass. And I think she's she amazing. Like, she yeah, is amazing. badass. She is. I think she's truly a wild card character. And you know for good for good reason so i'm excited for her and i think J- uh J- jamie tiffany you said it um jamie was really great this season mm-hmm. i love him like he never gets old like he just grows on me more and more and more and um i think he definitely you know is not just a great character but he's also a great fantasy <laughs> like we all just yeah. love him oh, yeah. you know oh, for sure um so yeah i'm sticking to my 8.5 it's good yeah Good first episode, lot to unpack. So I'm glad to be back. It's fun, everybody. Yeah. So good. good. Thanks for taking us through it. Of course, totally. I did did my best. What was this, two hours? Mm -hmm. Hey, you know. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. Maybe we'll shorten it up next time. Um, But not if a Highland cow appears again. Never. (laughs) That'll be like an hour to unpack. So, yeah. Well, thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed this episode of Frasier's Ridge. Uh, Please give us a rating on Apple Podcasts, like and subscribe and check us out on Instagram at Frasier's Ridge and Twitter at Frasier's Ridge Pod. Bye. Promotional consideration by Highland Cow Products. If you moo it, they will come.